As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Welcome to our latest On Farm. I'm Anna Davis and this is our fifth episode in association with the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society of Scotland. If you like the very best of food and drink, this one is definitely for you. My name is Valentina and I am from Alandas. We are a small family business based in the heart of East Lothian and we focus on producing quality products using our finest local Scottish ingredients. My name's David Equi. I'm the owner and managing director of Equi's Ice Cream, which is based in Hamilton, has been for 98 years. And we are the reigning Royal Highland Show Ice Cream Champion of Champions. My name is Jill Withyman. I'm the marketing manager for Angus Soft Fruits. And we breed, grow and pack berries from all around the world to ensure consistent supply of the best tasting berries for all of our customers. Yeah, I'm Stuart Hood. I own and run Hood's Scottish Honey based in Ormiston and East Lothian. There's nothing like the Highland. It is the pinnacle. Today, we're asking why it matters that the Royal Highland Show showcases the best of Scottish food and drink. Who really benefits? Why does it matter? What impact does all of this have on us as consumers? Being a part of the Royal Highland Show is really a really amazing accolade for any business, I think, any food producer in Scotland. It's just such an honour to be involved. You know, it's really difficult to be selected for it and I think that being a part of it really shows you know that your business is producing something worth talking about. You know it's a fantastic opportunity to showcase our fruit and to meet with customers and growers and also provides a really great platform to meet end consumers such as yourself and gain real really valuable feedback on our brands and on our fruit. We see the same people year in, year out, and we've built up such a lovely rapport. It's so lovely to see the familiar faces year in, year out. Food and drink and Scotland's lard alive, or the food hall, as the oldies among you like myself will probably refer to it as, are definitely among the big things that hook people into the Royal Highland Show every year. They're a massive draw. You can be absolutely certain that those exhibiting and those competing are the very best that there is. So the very first year we entered the Royal Highland Show, we won Champion of Champions for, it was Raspberry Kranichen. And we have won it since, and then this last year we won with, uh, it was a sort of speciality, you can win with any choice of flavour. When we won in the UK, Championship was for vanilla, but at the Royal Highland Show we won with, uh, it was pomegranate with ginger and elderberry. It's a lot more to us than uh, selling products. It's brand awareness. Uh, some of the people that pass us, some of the business we've done, some of the contacts we've made at the Highland Show, they, they couldn't be replicated anywhere else. So to launch a new product is the place to launch it. Because also, most of the people that go to the Highland, you've got a pretty frank 
opinion on uh, your new product. We really are showcasing the best of Scotland's produce, food and drink and manufactured and um, processed products. You do set the bar. If you're truly passionate about what you do and you work super hard with it, there's no limit to how far you'll go to make your product good. Like You'll just put your heart and soul into it and make it as best as it can be and that's when you're like truly passionate about what you do and I think that's what a lot of people that go to the Highland Show have in common because everyone is super passionate about what they do and they just want it to be the best and they want to showcase that. There was so much in those clips. We heard from Valentina from Alanda's, not just ice cream, but amazing seafood. They were in the East Food Court last year for their first year as one of many food-to-go businesses, and they made a huge impact with their beautiful displays. Stuart from Hood's Honey and Jill at Ava Berry's, both businesses are long-standing and extremely popular food hall exhibitors. And lastly, David from Equi's Ice Cream, the Martina Navratilova of ice cream. They've won everything. It was a great snapshot. Coming up next, I've had a really good in-depth chat about all of this with two of Scotland's top food and drink experts. I'm Wendy Barry. Uh, my day job is pr- producing the Scottish Food Guide and Scottish Cheese Trail. And for the Royal Highland Society, I'm delighted to be managing Scotland's Larder Live Cookery Theatre. And also, I co-founded the Scottish Bread Championships at the show with Andrew Whitley. And I do a pop-up cheese tasting also within the food hall. So different remits in the different corners of the food hall. Just briefly... Then there might, heaven forbid, there might be somebody listening to this podcast who has never been to the Highland Show and never witnessed what goes on at the cookery theatre. Could you just very briefly describe to us what happens and, and kind of, if you can, slightly relive the, the experience? Oh, my. We have... Um... A range from first thing in the morning till tea time of hourly shows, all complementing and contrasting each other. A mix of um, seafood and baking and beef and vegetables. And we also have some wild cards in there. This year we would have had the, the gold award winning din- dinner ladies from Ayrshire who are wonderful. Because, you know, that's another element. There's, there's so many... Um, probably millions of children that eat school meals every day. That was part of the Food for Life programme, that, you know, you eat more local produce from the local farms, part of the food education like Rhett does. So we tie in with um, TV chefs, um, but also very much right down to um, boring down to family meals with the batch lady as well. Um, international stories from Mark Ayres and his celebrities he's got to make food for. Craig making food for at, um, you know, international customers up in Eat on the Green. I mean, it's uh, I like to include an incredible range so that people keep coming back to the food hall during the day to see what chef's on. No wonder you're always such a busy lady, Wendy. You've got a lot of uh, plates to spin there, don't you? Um, I'd love to move over to Charlotte. Charlotte, um, do you mind giving us a, a wee introduction about yourself, please? Sure thing. Um, so yes, I'm Charlotte Mabley, and I was co-founder and lecturer and programme leader for the MSc Gastronomy, which was um, a university programme at Queen Margaret University studying uh, the interrelationship between food culture, economics, farming, all kinds of different aspects of, of food focusing on Scotland and I took people around Scotland on tours to experience food culture and farming firsthand 
And now uh, I'm transitioning to being an outdoor educator. I'm also still a food educator independently. And those are the things that really strike me. Those are the most important aspects um, of the Highland Show for me is how it brings together the cultural and the economic and the, you know, the real life experiences of farming on the land. Um, It's a really extraordinary event. It sure is. Uh, and Charlotte, I understand that, that you yourself have been a judge uh, in one of the, the very famous Highland Show f- competitions. Is that correct? It is. I was lucky enough to be on uh, the panel for the Bread Awards a couple of years ago uh, with Wendy. And um, it was absolutely fascinating. I, I have never seen such a beautiful array, a beautiful display of, of sourdough breads from all over the country. It was really moving, actually, to see how many people uh, are making sourdough now and the high quality to which they're making it. And we had the terrible task of having to taste our way through the loaves, <laughs> which um, <laughs> was really wonderful, really, really good fun. Oh, it sounds like heaven to me. I, I'm just not sure if I could decide whether I'd prefer to judge bread or ice cream or cheese actually maybe all three of them <laughs> well there are a couple of um, interesting things about the, my experience in in the bread competition judging bread competition uh, firstly i grew up in scotland and the notion of being able to get a sourdough loaf in the borders where i live was just a totally alien thing no one knew, knew what sourdough was about you know however long ago it was that i was young let's not talk about that but uh you know, I, I walked into this hall and there was this this uh, this table with 98 individual loaves on it. All of them were stunning. They were all beautiful. And the smell from these, these sourdough loaves was just beautiful. And then I was told that I had to taste my way through 20, I think it was, with, with, a, with a partner, and uh, which we did. And it was again just so astonishing to experience the the difference between each of those 20 lows and then to think well there's going to be a difference amongst the 98 as well um it was really hard to choose to select which one was the best um it was even it was even difficult to you know quantify the quality of each of the the elements we were being asked to judge um but I don't know. I mean, the the best thing that came out of that experience for me was just to see that there are so many people across Scotland now producing high quality, delicious bread, which is something I could not have imagined as a child. Um, but now I know is is a is a sort of standard thing. It's happening out there. People are taking pride in it. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. What was your kind of feeling? How did you feel when you were listening to those clips from from some of those food producers and what they were saying? Oh, welling up. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just so, it's such a big extended family. Everybody arrives from across the whole land. Many haven't seen each other since that time last year. Everybody works their socks off, but there's always time for good crack as well. One of the things that came up a lot in what they were saying was um, that it, it really raises the standards or encourages people to raise the standards of food. Uh, what they're producing, how they produce it, the you know the the, the recipes they use, etc., and also the sustainability of their products as well. And I think one of the reasons that that is the case is because shows like the Highland Show are a unique chance for one producers to get together. You know, normally they don't have time to um, hang out with one another um, and chat and compare notes and see what one another are doing, but also for them to meet face to face with the public. 
And that's actually a really key part of this because, you know, they get feedback directly from people tasting their products and they figure out how to improve it right there on the spot. Yes. And in fact, so many people have said that, that who we've spoken to have said, you know, that the customers at the Highland Show are really quite honest. And that honesty is great for product development because you can't improve your product unless you know what the, the end customer wants to be tasting. And, and Wendy, you know, you've touched on it already. The fact that the, the Highland Show is just this wonderful balance between commercial reality. People and businesses, businesses are there because they need to make money. They need to, to make sales. But there's also the wonderful aspect of of seeing other producers and having the social thing. I know Stuart from Hood's Honey said, you know, he sees the same customers year after year and has great chats with them. So how in within the the, the cookery theatre that, that you run and manage, how do you manage to balance that, giving the customers what they want and, and making it a wonderful showcase, but also recognising the commercial reality for the producers who are, are nearby in the food hall? Well, within the theatre, we have a, a completely unique situation in that the chefs give their time. And, and I say that the chefs and the cooks are the heroes and the champions and, and the food is the celebrity. The produce is a celebrity because there isn't one of the chefs or cooks that doesn't give up their time that hasn't won an award in their field. And yet they're, they're giving their time. They love coming and doing the Highland show. And so I ensure that there are people that are comfortable on stage, that they are driven by their local produce and that we get a fair coverage across Scotland. So any year I've got about 20 chefs with about seven programmes over the four days. And uh, they quite often link in with their, their, their suppliers, especially if they know they've got a stand in the food hall, so that we get that fantastic matrix of the chefs who are not just, you know, popping off a plane and, uh, you know, paying lip service and, you know, shaking the odd hand. They know when the food is harvested, they know where it's being produced and they can talk from their heart because they know exactly who they're talking about. So it's a, it's a very powerful message, a very honest message. They are so happy to be promoting the producers as well. So it's a, it's a wonderful synergy. We'll come back to that chat with Wendy and Charlotte shortly. Now, though, we're going to spend some time with another of those hardworking producers and a Highland Show regular and one of the most popular food-to-go caterers on site. I'm Steve Mitchell from the Buffalo Farm in Fife. I used to be able to call myself a farmer. I would say I'm now more office-bound and, and, and running the business. But, uh, you know, the farm is still very much the focal point of, of all that we do. I think I can hear some beautiful bird song in the background, actually, so that's perfect for this. <laughs> I've got them well trained round here. Got them primed, ready. Oh, quite right, quite right. So I'm surrounded by the animals of Boglily. We've got a couple of buffalo in the field in front. Uh, we've got our extremely popular pygmy goats uh, in, in, uh, beside us as well. And then you'll, you'll, you'll hear the odd duck and uh, chicken and then our extremely noisy turkeys. We'd like people to feel that they're getting a wee sense of coming to the farm when they, they come and collect their orders from here. So that's, that's what these animals are you know, mostly here as, as, as attractions and just uh, for interest and us doing a little bit to try and educate the, the public. I also have to admit the pygmy goats are extremely cute, so uh, I'm a bit of a softie. They were bought uh, for my wife as a present, and uh, 
it was meant to be two and somehow we have about 22 now but uh, they're a lot of fun and it actually really big help to us here in terms of entertaining the public and uh, keeping people interested to come back <laughs> you actually catered for my 30th birthday party which was a couple of years ago more than a death yeah just a couple of years ago thank you steve what a gentleman <laughs> i would love to say there was great wisdom in how we got involved with event catering the, the truth was it was out of necessity at the beginning in in terms of that we were trying to value add and, and make his you know that was the way that i established as giving us the greatest return for our, what limited meat we had at that stage mm. as we did that we also learned that it wasn't just about potentially making more profit on that from that specific animal but also a, a really good marketing opportunity and, and a great way for us to showcase ourselves and get more people to try our products and become familiar with our brand and stuff so we look at the catering not just as a the, the, the fact that you know we want to run a profitable business but also we do see it as part of our marketing strategy yeah i i understand completely because you know everybody who comes along and sees the buffalo farm branding and understands who you are and the authenticity of what you do is then hopefully um, going to become a, a long-term customer yeah and i hope that there's maybe a two sides to that so if i was an event organizer like the highland show etc they look at that and think well it's quite a good idea to have this guy. One, he's got food with a bit of a story, but also, you know, we're going to really look after the customer on the day because we, we're hoping that they're they're going to become customers for our online or visit our shops, yeah. you know. So that's certainly the point I try to put across. If there's any event organisers listening, that, that's that's always my, uh, that's my pitch. Having said all that, why why do you think it is so important then that the Highland Show presents this pinnacle of, of quality produce to, to the consumer? It's just our chance to let the general public see what, you know, I class myself as part of the agricultural industry and, 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 and what, mm-hmm. you, know, the, you know, I've been involved with this farming life and it, it really demonstrates the, the diverseness of, of our agricultural industry and the, the fact that there is, uh, you know, there's so many different styles of businesses out there and, and I think that's, that's good for the, the general public to sort of uh, realise. I talk a lot about like foods not only having to taste good and be tender and all that, but actually people are, are enjoying actually talking about their food and getting a yeah. sense of a sense of where it's from and that person or the people behind producing that um, brings a, an extra layer of satisfaction to that that in, enjoyment. You know, um, the, the story is is key, and people, yeah, particularly at the moment, which we'll come on to, people are really supportive of and and interested and and place great importance on the provenance and the story behind what they're eating yeah we we hope so and it's certainly um, what we've kind of built our business around is that and and in creating that story and i have to be honest at times we're we're getting closer but so far my farm has never been profitable the the actual Mm. farming part of what we do we've had to go out and do these things to find the profit you know um and and, and to to make it sustainable but if you were to look at my business just as from an accountancy point of view (laughs) you would say you'd be better off not farming these out, buying them in and doing this and doing that but we could never do that because then we lost our story and and the story yeah. is 
so so important to exactly. my customers and and myself. Uh, just yeah. that, that you know that we we are genuine about what we what we produce and, and how we go about it. Now you obviously have have a shop as well, so you'll be retailing other products that don't fit within the the, the meat sector. So presumably oat cakes, you know, vegetables, things like that. So thinking at from a wider sort of food and drink industry perspective, what impact do you think the Highland Show has on that and, and the quality of our produce? Is that the turkey in the background? It is, yes. It's one of our yeah, oh, brilliant Boglili mascots here. Uh, yeah, our talking turkeys. Oh, I love it! I love it. <laughs> And also a, a delivery lorry coming in. So, yeah, it's all, all happening oh, here oh, well, in, in the car okay, park. It's good. We, we wanted lots of activity, so we've got it. That's brilliant. Thinking about the wider industry, so whether it be oat cakes or cheese or, or soft fruits, how do you think the Highland Show benefits the, the wider food and drink industry in Scotland and, and, and its reputation? Well, it's, it's a fantastic platform. There's just so much, you know, I would say food is, is a huge percentage of what attracts me to the show. There's, there, you know, you're, you're able to go, it's a great springboard for new businesses to, to taste and really look your customer in the face and see what their reactions are to certain products. Yeah. That kind of on the spot feedback is is really critical when you're you're developing products and you're wanting yeah. to see what's working and what you know so it's it's a great opportunity for you to 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 do that and to the one that's jumped out at me from the last of Highland show is the broccoli crisps you know and that they, oh they, yes they're brilliant absolutely yeah. delicious and uh, you know that, that that's was a business there that was taking an opportunity to come and, and and hand out a lot of samples but get a lot of feedback and then that filters down the food chain because we now sell these crisps in our farm shop and that exactly, people you know yeah. have been familiar with it and they've done the marketing yeah. so it's giving a a roadmap for these new startups and, and and different things that they can really go and there's a lot of buyers appear at these things as well you know we've we've made a lot of connections different people you know that the, the, they are all there you know if you've got a good product the buyers will suss you out and it's a great platform for that you know yeah, for them to find you for them to find yeah. you or, or become aware of you and then you're on their on their radar so absolutely yeah i mean the, the highland show has become our most important event weekend of the year it's unrivaled for us in terms of the fact that it's four days, very consistent days, busy from morning till till tea time, and it, you know, every year we we meet new people who become fans of the Buffalo Farm and 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 what we do, and I think that no other event are they so interested. There's so many questions, and 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 it's just it's just huge booster, or, or kind of I guess my ego to an extent, because there's a lot of genuine interest and want of information, and and, and that that means a lot to me that, that people care, and uh, I think a lot of people care at the Island Show, and it motivates me to kind of to go on and keep trying to improve our business. Well, you're a busy man, Steve. So what what I think is is my final question. Okay. Um, you, you touched earlier on about you know developing your business. Now, in the last 12 or so weeks, you have had to develop your business probably in a way that you weren't anticipating. Can you tell us a little bit about how COVID-19's impacted on you and, and some of the things that you'll be doing instead of the events that you would normally, like the Highland Show, that you would normally be at? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I mean, 
when it all unraveled, I, I, I very much like many people really feared for our, our, our future. You know, we were basically the day of, of uh, lockdown was the day we were meant to start construction of our, our mozzarella factory. And, uh, you know, I'd already seen the Highland show cancelled and, and the Fife show cancelled and a great many other events that we we're going to be going to and I, I, the, the, as I said in the start of this the, the events side is a, has always been the most profitable side of our business uh, so it really concerned me um, yeah. but we are actually a very uh, positive story from Covid we were fortunate the traffic on our website I think is something like 600% more than it was when pre-Covid <laughs> the truth is our biz- business is busier than it's ever been right now we've yeah, not furloughed yeah. anybody they've all been redeployed into helping out the butchers uh, into getting mm-hmm. these orders out and uh, the staff have been incredibly supportive of of the business and, and done what was needed to kind of, so yeah. they've been willing to be flexible and we've ended up with a, a back shift and a night shift and a day shift so we're keeping them apart and we're kind of trying to do the social distancing yes. but oh, wow. all of a sudden we're we're because we're all focused on one thing our throughput's gone up um and we've actually ended up having to to employ so we, we we've over this period wow. ended up taking on an additional 16 members of staff goodness me and crazy crazy <laughs> crazy so yeah, we, we, it, we i got a real fright when we counted up the numbers of this new rotor that we're system we're working and <laughs> realise that we've got 62 staff working within the Buffalo farm oh, now so it's come yeah. a long way since uh, I was cooking at your uh, 30th birthday a couple of years it ago. It certainly has <laughs> it's a couple of years ago yeah you move fast Steve. Really just fast, like my age really moves fast. slow <laughs> <laughs> The big thing is people are just actually getting really excited about cooking food again and I really hope, I don't want to sound, um, you know, we have been really lucky and but I'm really aware and, and, and care about a lot of businesses that are finding this whole situation absolutely terrible, you know, and I totally get that but for us, if, if we can see a, a positive is that I've I've never seen people taking such a pride in in their cooking, and we're, our Facebook is littered with photographs and recipes of what they've been getting up to at home, and uh, it's really uplifting to see that. Hopefully, and I do sense from listening to the customers that they've realised it's actually so much nicer, and it's cooking maybe doesn't actually take as much time as they thought, and it's actually quite satisfying and uh, and the family Healthy. is healthier yeah. and they, they see what's yeah. all going into their their dishes so yeah if the legacy can be that i'll be i'll be really really happy you know fabulous so there's only one thing that's worrying me though steve if you've had such great success with the retail home deliveries market i hope you will still be back at the highland show next year to 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 give me a burger. I'm hoping I'm back with. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm going to be coming back, and I'm going to be the new boy in the uh, in the food hall with my mozzarella. That's that's Excellent. that's what I'm really hoping. Good. Many, many thanks to Steve at the Buffalo Farm. It's great to hear those outdoor sounds, uh, especially the turkey. Uh, and good luck, really good luck to him getting his mozzarella enterprise started. I really can't wait to taste it. Steve talked about the importance of his brand's story to connect with consumers. And I think that's really, really important here. The Highland Show is a place to shout about those stories. Why is it so important? We're going to go back now to Wendy and Charlotte. It's it's absolutely vital. The story of food is always... Um... It's always a vital part of our our physical experience of it. It gives greater meaning to it. It makes it more pleasurable. But I think particularly now in the time that we're living in, 
the the story of food and meeting the producer um really getting an understanding of of you know how they produce the food how food is prepared um this is something that people really crave nowadays as our lives become more and more distant from the places where food is produced even in Scotland which is predominantly rural country um the majority of us are actually vastly distanced from the reality of food production and i think places like the royal highland show country shows in general this is a really it's becoming an increasingly vital way for people to have that direct connection to actually see the faces and the hands responsible for producing their food as well as the the individual nutrients that go into food the way that food nourishes us is in the story that we consume along with the food it can transform uh what might be a very you know balanced meal into something that really makes you happy and it has been shown over and over and over again that our health and our well-being is um yes it's you know to do with exercise and the nutrients that you consume but it's also to do with your mental and emotional state and food has an amazing ability to transform uh your emotional state from being whatever into really really happy feeling comforted feeling connected um feeling a sense of conviviality with the people you're eating with or if you're not able to eat with somebody because you're isolating at least some sense of connection to the people who brought that food to you Yeah. Wow. Yes, that was a pretty pretty comprehensive <laughs> summary and I agree with every word. Um Wendy, if you I noticed you were kind of nodding in agreement on our Zoom call there. Have you have you got anything to add to that, do you think? No, I do agree entirely. Um I also would like to add that from a nutrition point of view, I think there's been quite a lot of raised awareness that um we're in a better shape to fight off viruses if we are well nourished on good food and so i think people have been reevaluating some of the proverbial in their diet um and realizing that in in the process of cooking more they're using less processed foods which all ties in very nicely to the scottish food and farming sector and food producers um because we are what we eat and interestingly when we did the very first episode of this podcast with the Highland Society Alan Laidlaw who's the chief executive said that people are engaging with local producers and local food more since covid-19 than perhaps they ever have in the last 30 years there's this hunger excuse the pun for local quality artisan produce and and part of it is no doubt the fact that you know we're constrained we can't go to the shops any longer and we need we need and want delivery but part of it is about that feeling that camaraderie and that we're all in this together and we all want to support local business wendy i know you you were telling me earlier that that you the way in which you and some of the other chefs like neil forbes for example who uh, do demonstrations at the cookery theatre have had to find new ways of doing things since lockdown um can you tell me a bit about what some of you've been up to yes well both neil and i and a few of the others are um slow food chefs alliance cooks alliance members so um so with uh, our sort of slow food hat we've been asked to do some video clips for cooking and uh, i was right now i should be at a conference in galway which would have been rather lovely and doing a presentation about sheep so um they asked if i would do a video just so that there was something happening in the meantime and it's lovely for for all of us to um 
to be out there contributing in some way because, um, you know, so many restaurants, well, all restaurants are closed and some are doing takeaways. And it's just so lovely to, to see each other and support each other. So there's, there's quite a few of us that have been doing video clips for various clients and, and just out there sharing some of our experiences. And I must say, from the number of views, people seem to be really enjoying seeing a little bit of inspiration for what to do in the kitchen and uh, um, some some live cooking and some tips. So it's it's great that we have the opportunities with with the internet to do these things. It's not a substitute, but it is it is good fun. It is. It, it does create opportunity where perhaps ten years ago there wasn't any. So. Uh, yes, I agree that it's, 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 we're in a far better situation than we could have been. Charlotte, coming back to you again, Wendy and her amazing bunch of chefs, I don't know, what do you call a collective of chefs? It's not a bunch, it must be something, but um, her amazing bunch of chefs, a bunch of friends, um, put on these, these fantastic demonstrations in, in the cookery theatre and then the competitions are showcasing the very best of the best. Um and Charlotte, what do you think that benchmark means from a consumer perspective? The fact that the show is is really sh- demonstrating the creme de la creme. Ultimately, it's always to do with awareness. For the average person, they'll go to the same shops every day, maybe the same cafes, maybe even a couple of restaurants that are their favourites. When they go to somewhere like the Highland Show, suddenly their perspective is broadened massively. They suddenly get to see, oh, wow, there's a lot more out there than I thought there was. So they're getting um, a lot of inspiration, a much greater sense of um, the quality of ingredients they could source themselves, kinds of recipes they could try themselves at home. And it's really, it's a very positive, uplifting thing to see such high quality in the food world. If we were to take, let's take cheese for an, an example. Wendy, do you think that the, f- the very fact that there is a cheese competition, which is extremely um, prestigious, the very fact that there are also the, you know, really top quality cheese producers in the food hall, do you think that makes the rest of the cheese industry, those who, people who are not involved at the Highland Show, certainly yet, do you think that make, brings their standard up and gives them something to aim for and almost makes them pull their socks up and, and think about what they're you're trying to do I think so yes I do but I think even more there's 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 inevitably always in in any country there'll be a sort of average food producers that don't think they need to up it they have their place in the regime but what I think the the Highland show does is we'll pull some up by the bootstraps and we'll inspire ones that actually think hang on my sheeper pedigree I could I could do box schemes. Why why don't I do that? Or I could supply that local farmers market. Shall I get myself organized? Maybe I should get a website. And I think I come across people that are incredibly inspired. They actually maybe within their small community didn't quite realize that actually I'm doing something quite special here. <laughs> you know? It's given them a recognition and an ins- inspiring them and also it's fantastic to see the young farmers and the next generation being inspired by the ones that they see as mentors and the ones that they look up to that are doing something um, with their produce, with their particular lamb or with their particular smokery or whatever it happens to be. And often the older ones are very generously spirited with that as well. And they, they share because they're so enthusiastic about their produce. 
So it's very inspiring. 100%. I, I would agree with that. I think it is about inspiring people to, to do the best that they can. But there's another thing that's really um, important about shows like The Highland Show. It's not just about everyone raising their standards to one kind of unanimous singular um, definition it's also about cross-pollination when you get a lot of people together in a space like that all presenting their ideas presenting their product presenting their journey presenting their story it's inevitable that in that moment there are also going to be an exchange of stories an exchange of experiences which which makes makes producers go oh wow i never thought about it like that Or, you know, a producer might see an emerging trend amongst other cheese producers or other ice cream producers, whatever it is, and think, you know what, I don't want to go in that direction. I want to go in my own direction. I want to do something totally different. So it's not about everybody aspiring to or reaching the same standard. It's about creating more dynamic diversity in the food industry. And I think that in and of itself is raising the standard. Yes, absolutely. So it's kind of a melting pot where you've got inspiration, but you've also got innovation and collaboration. And if you throw all that in together and mix it around, the sky is the limit. Yeah, because actually, ultimately, it's it's unhelpful to think of it. I, I know that there are lots of competitions at the Highland Show, but it's unhelpful to think of our food system and food culture as a competition. It's not competitive. There has to be a diversity. In, in cheese making, for example, Wendy knows this so well, there is no best cheese. The best thing about cheese is that there are lots of different kinds, and we want each of those to express itself in, in the way that it can best right? When you go to uh, to, to judge um, a competition, like I did the bread competition, I did a beer and cider competition a few years ago as well. It's really hard to choose the best one because they're all wonderful in their own right. And I think that's something that you get from going to a show um, like the Highland, Highland Shows because you see so such a great diversity, so many different products, and they're all wonderful. Like you say, it's not about achieving a pinnacle. It's, it's about expressing the diversity. You know, I'm, I'm very much a silver linings person. And can you think of any other silver linings that we might be seeing within the food and drink industry as a result of, of COVID? I think aside from the fact that more people are looking for local suppliers of their food, there are a lot of people who want to now grow their own. And that does a few different things. Um, one, it makes people realise how hard it is to grow food. And that's actually really important because, you know, we we tend not to know how farming works or, you know, where our food comes from. Um, Having that first-hand experience of of trying to grow your own carrot and then having it eaten by rabbits and then, you know, carrot fly, uh, is it makes you go, oh, wow, this is actually really quite tough. Not only that, it also requires a lot of water, a lot of my time, a lot of knowledge. Um, It requires my soil to be good. And holy moly, there are people out there who know how to do all these things who are doing it really effectively. If anything comes out of this, I really hope that more people will, one, appreciate what producers do, the work they go through to to produce our food. But secondly, they'll be prepared to pay a little more for well-grown local food. Yeah, I think that could be a major silver lining. Definitely. And probably not one that's the most obvious necessary. So I'm really glad you mentioned it because I think it's hugely relevant, hugely important. I know I have suffered the hands of hares. They've they massacred my entire vegetable population <laughs> a couple of years ago and I learned my lesson. And 
And also but myself being married to a farmer, he would probably kiss you if he heard you saying what you've just said because you know, they, <laughs> they, they, it, is a, it is a, yes, it's a rewarding lifestyle, but it's a tough job to grow food. I think the more we can get people to understand how it's done and, and the challenges, the, the better it will all be. And, and, and the more people will embrace local artisan and quality product if they understand what, what goes into it. Absolutely. Just, just to add to that as well, I know that there's been a massive craze across the UK to turn towards baking your own bread. You know, <clears throat> that's another thing that when you try and do it yourself, you realise that anyone can bake a loaf of bread. Absolutely. But to bake a really good loaf of bread, you need some expertise. Bread is one of those things that in the UK we've been we've got so used to paying nothing for a loaf of bread. Um, but actually, it, it really does take time and uh, good flour. And, you know, you don't know that and you don't fully understand it until you've made your own loaf. And if you have got a taste for your local lamb or beef or your local cheese, you can never go back to the, the mass-produced stuff again. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Um, so, oh, thank you. Uh, this has been really enjoyable, interesting, educational, this conversation. I really appreciate both of you joining me, Wendy and Charlotte, for uh, giving us your time. And uh, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. A pleasure. And, and really lovely to, to have a chat about that incredible event with you both. Thank you also to Steve Mitchell at the Buffalo Farm. Thank you for listening and being with us for another On Farm episode. We look forward to seeing you next time. We're going to finish up now with a second round of these fantastic producers we heard from at the start of the episode. David from Equis Ice Cream, Stuart from Hood's Honey, Jill Witherman from Ava Berries and Valentina from Rolanda's Seafood and Ice Cream. It does feel that there's something missing. We, Within a day of winning it last year, we had all the videos up on big screens in our own gelateria and, you know, it was shots of the trophy and I was over-celebrating, apparently, when we picked the trophy up this year, <laughs> A huge amount of effort goes into it. I can't even explain really. You know, it's actually funny because we joke about it, like, amongst ourselves. We're like, if we told people, like, what we actually do in order to set all this up and make it happen, they would just be like, you're mad. So yeah, huge amount of prep work goes into making it all because everything everything's fresh. Even like our lobster rolls, like we like buy whole lobsters, we like de-shell them, chop them up, and then we make like our own dressing that goes through that. So yeah. <laughs> We're still uh, producing fruit, the best quality fruit, but we have had to rethink in terms of marketing, rethink our entire marketing plans for the summer. We're actually running an alternative Wimbledon event where over 2,500 lucky Scottish homes shall receive a punnet of our Ava Berries. So that's our alternative experiential activity, whereas we would normally have the Royal Highland show. Yeah, when you're on a small family business, you don't get any choice. You kind of sit back. And our whole driving force, of course, is the bees. We have to just keep going constantly. The diversification's worked fantastically well. At weekends, if they're East Lothian people, they go and get their, uh, their, their birthday presents delivered by us by hand on the day of their birthday. And some days here in East Lothian, we've delivered a 21st, a 40th, a 50th, and a 90th in the same day. And that brings some joy to people who are, who are struggling, who are suffering. But also it gives us a bit of a kick as well, that we can do a small amount to help. Stuff like the Edinburgh Festival, we had all sorts of things lined up for that this year, but I think that's all gone. And we're also moving to a new production unit at the moment in Rutherglen. We're in the midst of doing that, so we picked the worst time to be moving factory. 
But uh, I put things in perspective. My daughter is a doctor. She phones me all the time. And I just, you know, when you hear the things that she has to work through, you know, the fact people's health is the most important thing.